Welcome to Zichud Asi. My name is Rabbi Abraham Goldar, and today we're going Yuma Dap Yud Tess. The first parak, Shiva's Yamim. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. Rapapin said, Shtego Shakos Hayulal Kongado. The Kongado had two chambers, the Lishkas Bar Hedrin, where he stayed, and the Lishkas Beis Havtinas, where he went had to do the Chafina of the Katoras. Rapapin didn't know which one was in the north and which one was in the south, and concludes that the Lishkas Bar Hedrin was in the south based on the following. If it was in the north, the Kongado, after waking up in the morning, would need to walk around the Azor to reach the Mikvah in the south, since he's not allowed to enter the Azor before immersion. Secondly, it's forbidden to use the Azor as a shortcut. After his immersion, at the end of the day, he would have to walk around the Azor again to reach the Lishkas Barhedron. Would we needlessly burden so much? Therefore, it's more reasonable that the Lishkas Barhedron was in the south and the Lishkas base of Tinas was in the north. The Gemara rejects both Papa's proof, saying, We purposely burden more than necessary, so that if he's a Tzaduki, he won't seek the position, and alternatively, even if he is not a Tzaduki, we burden him so that he shouldn't become haughty on account of his position. Point number two, the Gemara brings an incident of the Tzaduki Kongado that brought Katoris into the Kodesh while it was burning on the coals. One version of the story is that Tzaduki, proud of his accomplishment, died a few days later and thrown into a trash heap, and worms crawled out of his nose, Another version relates that he was smitten on his way out of the Kodesh Kodeshim while he was still in the Kodesh. Revichia taught a brisa which states, Some sort of sound was heard in the Azor, indicating that a malk had come and struck him on his face, and when the Kohanim went in to investigate, they found kakaf rego ego ben ksefav, a mark like the sole of a rounded foot between his shoulders. This is a sign that he was smitten by a malk, as it stated, their legs were a straight leg, and the sole of their feet was like a sole of a rounded foot. And point number three was taught in the Brisa Bidibar Tabam, and you should speak of them, referring to words of Torah. Bam Yeshachal Rishus of the Brisa, you have permission to speak of Torah matters, but not of other matters. Rashi explains that this excludes worthless matters, such as the idle chatter of children and calls Rosh, conversation involving levity. Rabbi Yachas of the Pasuk teaches, Ase Osam Kefa, Baltasam Arai, make Torah matters a fixture in your life, and do not make them a temporary occupation. Rav said, One who engages in trivial conversation transgresses a positive commandment, as the Pasuk implies, Bum, of them, but not of other matters. So once again, the three points are number one. Rapapa said, The Kongadol had two chambers, the Lishkas Barhedrin, where he stayed, and the Lishkas Beis Tinas, where he learned how to do Chafina of the Katoris. Rapapa didn't know which one was in the north and which one was in the south, and concludes that the Lishkas Barhedin was in the south, based on the following. If it was in the north, the Kohen Gadol, after waking up in the morning, would need to walk around the Azor to reach the Mikvah in the south, since he's not allowed to enter the Azor before immersion. And secondly, it's forbidden to use the Azor as a shortcut. After his immersion, at the end of the day, he would have to walk around the Azor again to reach the Lishkas Barhedrin. Would we needlessly burden him so much? Therefore, it's more reasonable that the Lishkas Barhedrin was in the south, and the Lishkas base of Tinas was in the north. The Gemara rejects Rapapa's proof, saying, We purposely burden more than necessary, so that if he's a tzaduki, he will not seek the position. Alternatively, even if he's not a tzaduki, we burden him, so he shouldn't become haughty on account of his position. Point number two, the Gemara brings an incident of a tzaduki kongado that brought Katoris into the Kodesh Kodeshim while it was burning on the coals. One version of the story has that tzaduki, proud of his accomplishment, died a few days later and thrown into a trash heap, and worms crawled out of his nose, Another version relates that he was smitten on his way out of the Kodesh Kodeshim while he was still in the Kodesh for Rebichia Tata Bryce, which states, Some sort of sound was heard in the Azor, indicating that a malk had come and struck him on his face, and when the Kohanim went to investigate, 
They found Kachavarego Ego Ben Ksefav, a mark like the sole of a rounded foot between his shoulders. This is a sign that he was smitten by a mark, as it stated, Their legs were a straight leg, and the sole of their feet was like a sole of a rounded foot. And point number three was Tadnabraisa Vidibarta Bum, and you should speak of them, referring to words of Torah. Bam you have permission to speak of Torah matters, but not of other matters. Rashi explains that this excludes worthless matters such as idle chatter of children and Kalos Rosh, conversation involving levity. Riachis said the Pusik teaches Asa Osim Keva, make Torah matters a fixture in your life and do not make them a temporary occupation. Rava said Hasak over one who engages in trivial conversation transgresses a positive commandment, as the Pasuk implies, bam, v'lobedvarmecherim, of them, but not of other matters. All right, so now we go to our Simber test, and our standard simon is a yacht, a yacht. So here goes. The yacht passengers who sailed around the temple courtyard were so horrified when they saw a battered dead Kohen Gadol dragged out that they made sure to only speak Torah the rest of the trip. Once again, it's slow motion. The yacht passengers, yacht, that must be run daf, yotes. The yacht passengers who sailed around the temple courtyard, which reminds us, which reminds where Papa said the Kongado had two chambers, the Lishkas Barhedrim, where he stayed, and the Lishkas base of Tinas, where he went and had to do Chafina, the Katoris. But Papa didn't know which one was in the north and which one was in the south, and concludes the Lishkas Barhedrim was in the south, because if it was in the north, it'd be a big tircha for the Kongado to walk around the Azor in the morning to go to the mikveh and then do the same after his immersion at the end of the day. The Gemara rejects Rapapa's proof, saying, We purposely burden more than necessary, so that if he's a Tzaduki, he'll not seek the position. Alternatively, even if he's not a Tzaduki, we burden him, so that he shouldn't become haughty on account of his position. So the yacht passengers who sailed around the temple courtyard were so horrified when they saw a battered dead Kohen Gadol dragged out, which reminds us, the Gemara brings an incident of a Tzaduki Kohen Gadol that brought Katoris into the Kosh Kadashim while it was burning on the coals. One version of the story has this Saduki proud of his accomplishment died a few days later and thrown into a trash heap and worms crawled out of his nose. Another version relates that he was smitten on his way out of the Kodesh Kodeshim where he was still in the Kodesh for Bechia taught in a Bryce, which states that some sort of sound was heard in the Azara indicating that a Moloch had come and struck him on his face and when the Kodim went to investigate they found a mark like the sole of a rounded foot between his shoulders which is a sign he was smitten by a Moloch since the sole of their feet are like the sole of a rounded foot. So the yacht passengers who sailed around the temple courtyard were so horrified when they saw a battered dead Kohen Gadol dragged out that they made sure to only speak Torah the rest of the trip. Which reminds us, it was taught in a b'risa b'dibarta bam, and you should speak of them, referring to words of Torah, bam, yeshachal rishos l'dabar, you have permission to speak of Torah matters, but not of other matters. Rashi explains that this excludes worthless matters, such as idle chatter of children and calls rosh. Rabbi Yachin said the Pasuk says, Make Torah matters a fixture in your life and do not make them a temporary occupation. Rabbi said, One who engages in trivial conversation transgresses a positive commandment, as the Pasuk implies, of them, but not of other matters. So once again, the yacht passengers who sailed around the temple courtyard were so horrified when they saw a battered dead Kohen Gadol dragged out that they made sure to only speak Torah the rest of the trip. All right, now it's time for four blot back Chazara. Dav Tezvav. So the simmer Dav Tezvav is a fruit bowl. So here goes. The Kohen who used a fruit bowl, fruit bowl, that must be one Dav Tezvav. The Kohen who used a fruit bowl to administer dam of the Tamid on the Mizbeach and threw the blood in the northeast corner and then placed blood on the western wall and then the southern wall like a chattis, which reminds Rabbi Shimon Ishamitz, but changes the procedure of the Tamid and says that after the Kohen throws the blood on the northeast corner, instead of then throwing it on the southwest corner, 
he comes to the southwest corner, he places the blood on the western wall of the Mizbech, and then, after rounding the corner, he places the blood on the southern wall. The Gemara asks why Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzvah requires two distinct applications of the blood, unlike any other Ola. And Rabbi Yochanan answers in the name of one of the members of Rabbi Yana's yeshiva that says in the Pasuk, in connection with the additional Kabbanas Bradnoish Kodesh, Usir Izim Lashem and one he go for a chatus to Hashem, in addition to the Ola Satami, shall be made, and it's wine libation. Now the Tamid is an Ola, yet in this Pasuk, the Torah states that the Kohen shall perform the procedure of a in connection with it. So how is this done? He performs one application, that's tantamount to two, by dashing the blood on the northeast corner, like an Ola, and then does separate applications on the southwest corner, like a chatus. So the Kohen used a fruit bowl to administer dam of the Tamid on the Mizbeach, threw the blood in the northeast corner, and then placed blood on the western wall, and then the southern wall, like a chatus, making sure to do them both on the lower half, which reminds the Gemara questions Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzvah's interpretation of the Zerikos Adam procedure. For the time, let the Kohen place the first blood application, which is Achashihishtayim, one that is tantamount to two, below in the lower half of the Mizbech, Kamaisa Ola, in the manner prescribed for an Ola, and then place the next application, which is Shtaim Shen Shtaim, two that are in fact two, above on the upper part of the Mizbech, Kamaisa Chattas, in the manner prescribed for a Chattas. Why place the latter applications, which are supposed to resemble those of a Chattas, on the lower half of the Mizbech, in a manner inconsistent with the procedure of a Chattas? The Gemara answers, We don't find anywhere blood applications of which half are placed above and half are placed below. So the Kohen used a fruit bowl to administer dam of the Tamid on the Mizbeach through the blood on the northeast corner and then place blood on the western wall and then the southern wall like Hachatas, making sure to do them both on the lower half and always turn to the right. Which reminds us, they were asked why the Kohen applied the blood to the northeastern corner of the Mizbeach and then the southwest instead of the reverse order. And answers that it is said, All the turns that you make in the performing of the Avodah should only be to the right and to the east. And so it happens that the Kohen would encounter that corner, the northeast corner, first. Dov Tezayin. So the symbol Dov Tezayin is toes. So here goes. The Kohen, who is jumping up on his tippy toes, tippy toes, that must be more Dov Tezayin. The Kohen was jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezra's Nashim, which reminds us, Rav Huna said the anonymous Tanu Tama Sechdes Midos is Rabbi Lezab and Yaakov based on the following Mishnah Midos that details the Ezra's Nashim in the base of Migdash, and the four chambers that were located in the four corners of the southeastern chamber was the Lushka's Hanazirim, the northeastern chamber was the Lushka's Dira Eitzim, the northwestern chamber was the Lushka's Hamutzarayim, and regarding the southwestern chamber, Rabbi Lezab and Yaakov said, Shachachti Mahaisamashameshes, I forgot what function it served. Avashul said they used it to place wine and oil and called it Lishka's base Shemanya. So Rashi explains that the Mishnah quoting Rebbe Lezbin Yaakov in the end of the Mishnah implies he was the anonymous Tana of the Mishnah. So the Kohen who was jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezra's Nashim was trying to see over the low eastern wall and watch the Kohen burning the Paraduma aim a sprinkling toward the Heichel. Which reminds the Gemara brings another proof that the anonymous Tana of Masech the Midos is Rebbe Lezbin Yaakov based on the Mishnah that states that all the walls that were there enclosing Harabayas and its structures were very tall except for the eastern wall, so that the Kohen who burned the Parduma could stand on Harazazim, which is east of the Harabayas, and aim and look towards the entrance of the Heichel at the time of sprinkling the blood of the Parduma. The, the Gemara deduces from a serious Mishnah that this must reflect the opinion of Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, who holds that the four of the Heichel is twenty and a half almost higher than the Harabayas. Given that all the temple gates were twenty almost high, it would have been impossible for the Kohen burning the Para to see the Heichel through the eastern gate. This is the reason the eastern wall needed to be lower so that the Kohen could look over it and see the Heichel. According to the Chamim, who disagreed with Rebbe Lezben Yaakov and held that the floor of the Heichel was 19 and a half almost higher than the Harabayas, there was no need to lower the eastern wall.
So the Kohen who was jumping up on his tippy toes between the four chambers in the Ezra's Nashim was trying to see over the low eastern wall and watch the Kohen burning the Paraduma aim and sprinkling toward the Heichel. That was not blocked by the Mizbeach. Which reminds us, Ravada bar said that the anonymous Tana who states the eastern wall is lower is Rabbi Yehuda based on a brace where Rabbi Yehuda said that the Mizbeach stood precisely in the middle of the Azara. Therefore, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Mizbech obstructed the view of the Heichel for one looking to the eastern gate of Harabais, and this is the reason the eastern wall needed to be lower than the others. But the Gemara rejects this based on the fact that the anonymous Tana Amidos teaches that the majority of the 62 Amos comprising the ramp and the Mizbech were in the southern half of the Azor. So we can conclude from here that Rabbi Lezman Yaakov is the anonymous Tana and not Rabbi Yehuda. Daf Zayin, so the similar Daf Zayin is a used car. So here goes. After finally making a sale, the used car salesman, used car salesman, that must mean we're on Duff Yudzayan. After finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long Chamber of Lambs restaurant, which reminds us that the Gemara Duff Tezvav Amun Beis introduced a contradiction between a mission in Tammu which stated that the Lishka Satlaim, the Chamber of Lambs, the lambs that had been inspected and blemished were restored, was in the northwest corner of the base of Moked, and a mission in Midos which stated that it was in the southwest corner. On this top, Rav Adabrader of Yitzhak said that that chamber extended towards both corners on the western side of the base of Moked, but did not quite reach each corner. To one coming from the north, the chamber appeared to be mainly in the south of the hall, and to one coming from the south, it appeared to be mainly in the north. So after finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long chamber of Lamb's restaurant and parked on the southwest corner across from the Lachamapani Bakery, which reminds Ravada concludes that it's reasonable to say that the Lishka Satlan was mainly in the southwestern segment, based on how a contradiction was resolved between the two Mishnahis regarding the location of the Lishka where the Lachamapani was made, which was in the southeast corner of the base of Moket. Rav Huna of Yeshua said that the Mishnah Midos enumerates the chambers in the direction of left to right, whereas the Tana of the Mishnah Tamid enumerates the chambers in the direction of right to left. This answer only makes sense if the Lishka Zatlaim was mainly in the southwest. When the Gemara questions how Rav Huna of Yeshua could suggest that the Mishnah Tamid goes from right to left when we learn, that all the turns that you make should be to the right and to the east, and answers that this rule only applies with regard to Avodah, but here, it's merely an enumeration of the location of the chambers. So after finally making a sale, the used car salesman drove to the very long chamber of Lamb's restaurant and parked on the southwest corner across from the Lechem of Bakery, where a Kohen Gadol walked out carrying five loaves. Which reminds us, the mission stated, Shekon Gadol Makriv Chalk Barosh V'Notel Chalk Barosh. The Kohen Gadol has the first right to offer any portion and to take any portion. So Bryce is brought here that states when it comes to taking loaves, he takes one loaf from the Shtei Lechem, and four or five loaves from the Lechem Apanim, Rebbe says he always takes five loaves, for it's written, Maisel Aaron Levanav, and it, referring to the Lechem Apanim, shall be to Aaron and to his sons. This implies, Maxel Aaron, Maxel Levanav, half to Aaron and half to his sons. So Abai understands that the first din is in accordance with the Rabban who maintain that the Kohen Gadol takes less than half. The reason they hold that he takes one of the two loaves of the Shtei Lechem is that the Rabban concede with regard to a broken bread that it's improper to give such a piece to the Kohen Gadol. Daf Yudches, so the summer Yudches, is a chuppah. So here goes. The wealthy, illiterate Kohen Gadol standing under the chuppah. Chuppah? That must mean we're on Daf Yudches. The wealthy, illiterate Kohen Gadol standing under the chuppah, which reminds the next mission states, on the morning of Yom Kippur, they stood the Kohen Gadol at the eastern gate of the Azorah, and they led before him oxen, rams, and sheep, so they should recognize them and be familiar with the Yom Kippur service. The grass, how is it possible the Kohen Gadol is not familiar with the Avodah? First time in Abraisa, the Pasuk states, and the Kohen who is exalted above his brothers. She This teaches that the Kohen Gadol must be greater than his brothers in strength, beauty, wisdom, and wealth. 
Rav Yosef answered that the Mishnah is referring to the period of Baisheni, when the corrupt kings of the Chashmanai began to sell the office of Kohen Gadol to the highest bidder, even if he wasn't familiar with the avoda of Yom Kippur. So, the wealthy illiterate Kohen Gadol standing under the chuppah, who covered his eyes whenever he saw a goat, which reminds us, Gamora brings a brace that states that goats were also brought before the Kohen Gadol in the morning of Erev Yom Kippur, and asks why Artana did not mention them. When the Gamora answers that since they come to atone for a sin, the Kohen Gadol might become despondent, Upon seeing them, the Gemara follows up and notes that a chattis bull should also not be brought since it comes to atone for sin. To this, the Gemara responds that since the chattis bull comes to atone for the Kongado and for all the Kohanim, if there's anyone among the Kohanim who has something that must be corrected, the Kongado is aware of it, and he gets them to do teshuva. However, among all Israel from whom the goats come to atone, he can't know who committed a sin, therefore seeing them will make him despondent. So the wealthy illiterate Kongado standing under the chuppah, who covered his eyes whenever he saw a goat, didn't realize his call only married him for the money and was planning to get divorced as soon as he left town. Which reminds us, whenever Rav or Rav Nachman would visit a place, they would seek a woman who would be willing to marry them for the days they were there and then get divorced when the Gemara asks how that's possible given that there's a brisa that teaches that one should not marry women in different countries lest their children unknowingly come to marry one another. The Gemara answers, Rabban and Kala Esalu, the rabbis were famous so the children would be well known as their offspring. When Rav asked how it was still possible given that the women were required to observe seven clean days before the wedding, the Gemara answers that the rabbis would send a messenger in advance so the woman could prepare. Another answer was that the rabbis would only go privately with them, but would not engage in marital relations. Because there's no comparison between one who's bread in his basket to one who has no bread in his basket. All right, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you want that a goat was not brought before the Kongado because he would become despondent since it's brought for the nation's sins? That's on Duff. Yudches. Good. Number two. Which of you when the Ryudo holds the Mizbech was in the middle of the Azar, whereas Rebbe Elizabeth and Yaakov holds it was primarily in the southern part? That's on Duff. Tezayin. Good number three. Which of you when the Rabbi says the reason the Rabban hold the Kohen Gadol gets one loaf of the Shteyalechem is that it's not respectful to give him only a piece? That's on Duff. Yudzayin. Good number four. Which of you when about the incident of the Tzaduki went to the Kodesh Kodesh with smoke? and was smitten by a malach on his way out. That's on Duff. Yotas. Good. Number five. Which stuff did we learn the Rav and Rav Nachman would marry women in places they traveled to and then divorce them? That's on Duff. Yotas. Good. Number six. Which stuff did we the burden of walking from the Lishkas Barhedron in the north around the Azara to the Mikvah in the south would it helpfully dissuade a Tzaduki from doing the Avoda? That's on Duff. Yotas. Good. Number seven. Which something when the Ravado holds that the Lushka's Talan was primarily in the southwest corner of the base of Mokad. That's on Duff. Yudzayin. Good. Number eight. Which something when the Kohan Gadoim during Baishani bought their positions and they need to be taught how to do the Avoda of Yom Kippurim. That's on Duff. Yotas. Good. Number nine. Which something when the Ravuna said Rebbe Lezben Yaakov is the anonymous Tana of Masechet of Minos based on a mission that details the four Lushakos in the Ezra's Nashim. That's on Duff. Tezayin. Good. And number 10, which stuff do you learn from Vidibartabam that one's primary communication should be Torah? That's on Duff. Yotas. Excellent. All right, that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zirka wishing you a great day and great learning.